look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head. Hello, I'm the Amoanth, I'm a cranium capacium, and remember not to sweat the petty stuff. Pet the sweaty stuff. This is a moto vlog. <laughs> Guy said I gotta do a little track day warm up. I said yeah, like I knew what he was talking about. Truth be told, I really don't. But hey, I got brand new tires to get me to Casper. Getting on the road with these new Defender tires. He said be careful for about the first hundred miles because the tires have a new wax on them that you gotta work off. Okay, I'm just gonna let all these assholes pass me. Hopefully it works, man. I mean, he really seemed qualified, but that's the funny thing about having somebody work on your bike. Like, you get on it and you really could just break again. I don't really have the technical wherewithal to be able to stop anything bad happening, should it? Oh. God, I love a motorcycle though. Talk about avoiding the traffic, man. Fuck, see, right in here, gonna slide right in. How about that? So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Robbie, CEO and president of Caraba & Co. Limited Liability Corporation. And I just have, I have the best news for you. Did you know that in two days, I am leaving for the trip of a lifetime Crab & Co. would like to formally present the two-wheeled transient, a cross-country motorcycle road trip across six states over eight days, exploring local businesses from across the country. Oh my God, booyah, I'm so freaking excited. Leaving Thursday morning, we're headed up through the mountains of California. We're gonna head over to the desert, drive through the Mojave Desert up to Las Vegas, see if we can get in a little bit of trouble there. After that, we're going to all five national parks in Utah before heading over to Colorado, up through the Rockies, and booyah home back to Casper, Wyoming. I'm so freaking excited. I've, I've, before I even wanted a motorcycle, I knew I've always wanted to do something like this, and it, it's finally time. The time is nigh, the time is here. It's time to hit the road and see what I can do. This is gonna be the biggest technical undertaking I've ever tried to accomplish in my entire life and I really hope you join along for the ride whenever you can wherever you can it's going to be all over Kraba.com at Krabaco on Instagram Facebook Twitter TikTok and wherever you listen to podcasts how about that oh we have a YouTube channel now I forgot to mention that we're going to be talking about everything from where I am in my life right now why I'm doing this, where I hope to be headed. We're gonna talk about some fun current event news. There's gonna be a lot of time on the road to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. Here I am. See, look at that park ranger. I don't know what he's doing here, but I'm about to see a bunch of him when I go through all my national parks. What is the mindset for this trip? Okay. Let's get into that a little bit. I am 24. I don't really know where I'm going in my life. I just got done a six month sailing vacation around the Panama Canal. Before that, I was waiting tables in LA. Ever since I was a kid, 
I've wanted to be in radio. My dream was to become the host of a morning show, just like my idol Elvis Duran. Unfortunately, I have to look outside and recognize that the year is 2023 and radio is a dying industry. There's not gonna be radio around for much longer, at least I predict there won't be. And as somebody who has a degree in it, and as somebody who has worked in radio for seven years, I feel like I'm qualified to say that. What is gonna be around though, and what I don't think will ever change is the need for what a radio DJ does, especially the talk-oriented ones. Society's all about discourse, and I wanna be a conversation leader. I wanna be a discourse leader. I think the need, the, the, how do I say this? Radio is dying, morning shows, talk shows are not. We're already seeing, I mean, everybody and their mother has a podcast now. I think the need to listen to thought leaders in the community is still gonna be present. And that's exactly really what I wanted to do. I had a come to reckoning moment where I realized the career path that I always thought for myself maybe wouldn't happened as I envisioned it, but that doesn't mean that I can't try and pursue the job. I kind of have to make this work. It's terrifying to be in this position. I have no job, I have no backup plan. I live in Wyoming where there's no industry and there's no fallbacks. I'm doing this trip so I can try and put myself on the map and so I can continue thereafter to make content and talk for a living. Wow, feels good to get that off my chest, guys. It's weird. It's not weird, it's scary. Because if this doesn't work, I have, hear me out, excuse me. I have about $15,000 in my bank account. I spent about 3,000 of that to put this trip together. When my money runs out, it's either moving back home with my parents and my girlfriend's gonna dump me because I'm a failure, or it's gonna work. I, I kind of am on this journey. I think of myself as a traveling man. On the outside, I'm presenting myself as confident. I'm presenting myself as I have it all together. And I guess when I look at it, I do, but really I'm just as lost and clueless as anybody else. I mean, in the world, who, who doesn't know that you gotta fake it until you make it, right? <laughs> Come on in, guy. So yeah, I mean, that's a little bit what's going on. That's a little bit about what this trip is gonna be. I'm about to get on the freeway and then I'm gonna focus in a little bit on my safety and not talk as much. But yeah, eight days, six states, we're hitting the road. I'm stopping at barbecue restaurants. I'm interviewing a small town mayor. I'm gonna be riding a zip line. It's just gonna be a fun time all around, hopefully. I've been planning this trip for about three weeks. No, I've been planning this trip longer than three weeks. I've been planning this trip for about four weeks. I've had the idea to do this for almost a year. 
I wanted to do this even before I had a motorcycle, like I said. It's been nonstop emailing, calling businesses. I had to set up my limited liability corporation to really give this a shot. I had to hire employees. I have a website, all that stuff to build, to start to build a presence. It takes time and it's weird because in 48 hours, I'm leaving and it feels like I still have so much shit to do. Oh my God. This morning I got brand new tires for the bike. They're the Michelin Commander 3s. The guy who changed them was really nice. He said they were top of the line. I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to get on the highway. And I really hope they are. I'm gonna need them. This bike is about six years old. I got it about a year ago. There we go. 101 East, sweet. And it had about 200 miles on it. I've put the next 1,800 miles on it. And before I left, I got it checked out with Mans, with the Moto Guzzi dealer, to see what it needed. It got the hydraulics flushed, I got the oil change. And he said, I really wouldn't take these six-year-old tires. They're probably fine driving around LA where it's always sunny and shit, but if you're in wet conditions, you're, you're gonna want something that hasn't been sitting in a garage for the last half a decade. And honestly, good enough point, fair enough. So 600 bucks, put on some new tires. And now I gotta figure out what to do with my luggage racks. So I got a shit ton of equipment. I have GoPro right there. I have a GoPro right here. I have a DSLR camera with a new shotgun mic. I'm talking into a brand new lav mic. I got two more wireless lav mics and all of this equipment is great. That's why I'm driving around LA, getting myself ready for the trip, testing it all out. I also got luggage racks, a big one to go behind me on the seat and then two saddlebags. And as of right now, I have no fucking clue how I'm gonna put them on my bike. And if I can't figure it out in the next day and a half, I am in a lot of trouble. I got the Kuriakin Momentum Road Warrior seat bag and I got the Road Warrior Momentum saddlebags. And I got a standard saddlebag mount to put on the back of my bike so the saddlebags would fit. The only problem is I got universal fit saddlebags because the Moto Guzzi specific ones were really expensive. In hindsight, I really just should have ponied up for the thing that fucking fit right. I forgot that this is a not a normal bike and this is not a standard bike at all. Fuck. Bail out. All right, hold on. I'm gonna pause this little inner monologue right now so I can get over in traffic. I gotta focus, be safe here. Safety is a top priority. Should I dash out in front of this truck? I think I'm gonna. I wanna get all the way to the left. That's where I'm most comfortable. That's where I think it's most safe to drive. And now that I'm going 55, it's gonna be really interesting. I, I gotta set all this shit up and tune it up. This is my first time having the microphone work. So I'm gonna, I'm curious to see if it's just a wind symphony or what the deal is here. The guy said be careful on the tires too, so I gotta be mindful of that going around my corners. Get all the wax off the tires. I feel pretty good. All right, I'm gonna see if this Mercedes is gonna let me go. I hope so. In I go. The reason I like the left hand lane the best is because there's only one 
lane of traffic that cars are moving on that you're next to. If you're in a middle lane, you have threats coming from the right and the left. If you're all the way in the left lane, you only need to pay attention to the right. And the other thing it eliminates is if let's say some idiot is driving and doesn't realize their exit is 20 feet up the road, they cut across four lanes without looking. Well, they're definitely not gonna see me on the bike and most highway exits are on the right. So being on the left eliminates another threat. When I get home, I really gotta figure out the Kuriakin bag situation. I have a call in to every Moto Guzzi dealer from here to San Diego, of which there's only four. <laughs> and three of them have gotten back to me and say they don't have any luggage rack extensions for my bike. It seems like nobody does. And the YouTube community isn't very helpful either. I really wish somebody would start making tutorial videos for the Moto Guzzi V9 Roamer. The only problem is it's not a very common bike. Not a lot of people have them. And I, I honestly, I think maybe if that, that's like, that's a void I would need to fill if I really wanted it to exist. I'm just a young lad, 24, 10 days away from being 25, trying to find myself and my path forward in this complicated world we live in. Who knows when the walls are gonna come crashing down, man. Seems like we're at a, a major tipping point in human history, for better or for worse. If you think about how little change from, say, maybe 1500 AD to 1800 AD, and then to where we are from 1800 AD to not even 2100 AD yet, I mean, I, I just don't know. I just don't know where we're headed. Which is kind of weird, you know? I feel like when you're my parents' age, you're graduating college, you look to, you, let's say you know what you want to do. You want to go into real estate. You find a real estate company. You know you're going to work your way up. You're going to work hard. You got 40 years. You're going to get your benefits. Maybe you start off as a young associate at a law firm. You work your way up through senior associate, junior partner, partner, senior partner. Now you're 60. You're working less hours, you're thinking about retirement, you get to think about where you want to live the rest of your life. People our age right now don't really have that luxury. I don't know if there's gonna be a habitable world to live in in 50 years. Granted, 50 years, probably, yeah, but what about, what about my kids then? Like, every generation behind me, in America at least, has always operated in a world where you work hard so your kids can have a better life that you did. I think my parents' generation, Gen X and the last of the boomers, were the last American generation where that rang true. For all those reasons, I think we're at a tipping point. Something's gotta change or we're all gonna die. We're not living as a species in a sustainable way. The world can't take it. The economy can't take forever capitalism. I mean, Jesus Christ, wealth inequality? Don't even get me started. Talk about how hard it is for somebody my age to think about buying a house. You can't do it unless you're a millionaire. Unless you're now an upper class individual, I have no idea how you live comfortably anymore. I know I'm not. I don't even have a job. Think about how it makes me feel. <laughs> I guess it is by choice. I could get a job if I wanted to, but this is the only thing I can see myself doing forever. I just 
I'm, I, I'm a hard worker and I'm a dedicated worker. I'm punctual and I'm good at basic tasks, which means there will always be a job for me in the world and I'm very lucky to feel that way. But I, I truly believe media, communication, being a personality, online is the only thing I can see myself doing that I could truly be happy with. Where both of my parents have always told me, if you find something you love doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And in order for that to be true, in order for me to, I, I, think, I think doing this is the only thing that I, I truly could love doing that I would never work a day in my life. It is kind of feast or famine in this industry though, so it's an interesting tunnel to be looking down. My dad's in real estate, my mom's an artist. Both of them could never have done anything else. And they love doing what they're doing, which is why they've both been very successful in doing what they do. My mom's a world-renowned mural artist. <laughs> my dad has built himself a pretty successful real estate portfolio. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're just a trust fund baby. Your dad's in real estate. Well, I wish he saw it that way because then I could actually be a trust fund baby. My parents were great. I uh, feel like I was probably one of the luckiest humans to ever live in terms of my growing up situation and my home situation. I had anything and everything I asked for. I was taught principles. I was taught integrity. I was taught to be a good steward to my community. And I was also taught by my parents that they were gonna give me everything they could when I was a kid and they were gonna put me through college. In their words, to put me in the best position possible to succeed. And that's more than 99% of kids get, even in America. But if you look at worldwide, I mean, holy shit did I have it good. And they said, once you graduate college, You've had a taste of the life. You saw what it was like growing up. If you want to continue to have this kind of life, you got to earn it for yourself. My grandfather, Robert, who I was named after, had the same philosophy and bestowed it upon my dad, who then decided to bestow it on to me. I guess a lot of people are thinking now, why the fuck wouldn't you just give your kids your money? Well. I don't know, it's not my decision to make, quite frankly. But that drive that has been instilled in me to, to want that life that I grew up with, because, I mean, let's face it, eating out a couple times a week at restaurants and going on two vacations every year, that's, that, that's an awesome freaking life, you know what I mean? Growing up in a nice house, having nice friends, having nice influences, not paying for school, not having any student debt, you know, all that stuff. I, I want that for me and my family and my future kids. If I decide to have any, I guess that's another conversation for another time. It's instilled in me the drive to work hard and to, to push myself to be the best version of myself that I can be. It's now time for me to put my money where my mouth is. Re-conversation. I need this to work. So, please, if you could just Follow me along my journey. If this sounds familiar to you, just reach out to me, please. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd even love to get somebody's thoughts so I could share them with somebody else. 
I, I know the things that I'm dealing with and I know the problems that I feel like I'm having and I know my life experience and all of this. I know I'm not alone. And I just want anyone who's listening to me and who can hear the sound of my voice, who's maybe mesmerized by a dude on his motorcycle driving through LA on a journey. If this is an appropriate medium where you can find comfort in anything I'm saying, man, that's really why I want to do this. When I was a kid, listening to my idol, Elvis Duran, every morning, he made me feel like I belonged to a family. He made me feel confident. He made me feel comfortable in my own skin. I felt, really felt like when I was listening to him and the members of his show, I was part of something other than myself. And I, I, I really just hope I can foster that environment for somebody else. How we're gonna do that in this day and age? I have no idea. But let's strap up and let's get along. I guess you could call me an influencer, but no, actually, fuck that. And fuck anybody who wants to call me an influencer. I'm really, I, I really don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to just social climb a ladder and make fake videos for fake views for fake people. I, I really want to have an impact. I, I want to leave a lasting legacy on the world. And at the end of the day, when I hang out my gloves, I want to know that I left the world a better place than when I entered it. And quite frankly, I don't know if Dan Bazilian and Dan, uh, Dan Brazilian, I got Dan Brazilians, you know that one? I don't know if that guy's doing that. I don't know if Kim Kardashian's necessarily doing that. I think in the influencer spectrum, there's the class of people that want to just provide mindless content for people after a long day, and that's fine. I, if you want to do that, I don't have any problem with that. But I want to be something a little bit more meaningful than that. And, and I mean no disrespect to anyone who has chosen the other path, but I just feel like there's so much more to offer. Think about the difference that, say, I don't know, think about the difference between Mr. Rogers and Mr. Beast. One could argue, Mr. Beast in his early days, that guy is just freaking about charity. I'm talking about recently the empire that he's become. Well, actually, no, Mr. Beast is a bad example. I, I'm th Think about the difference between Mr. Rogers and, say, PewDiePie. Welcome to Hollywood, baby! If you think about reach, PewDiePie probably had a larger reach than Mr. Rogers did, but think about all the positivity and love and affection that Mr. Rogers shared. I know it was kids media, but who doesn't want to have a friend like Mr. Rogers in the neighborhood? If I, I just want to be Mr. Rogers for grown ass adults. Or maybe I don't. I don't know. I haven't really found my niche yet. I've been looking at my statistics a little bit on YouTube and shit, and most of the people... If you're watching this, I can tell you you're probably from America. You are most likely from Philadelphia. Whoop! 
you're most likely male, and you're most likely 18 to 25. That's the majority of people who are listening to the sound of my voice right now. So, kind of makes sense, I guess. I'm from Philadelphia. I'm 18 to 25. I'm a male. That's my demographic. So it makes sense that I would connect to those people the most. Isn't it interesting, though, that uh, living in Hollywood like I did for the two years prior to me moving, living in Wyoming, I learned that from a very smart man who has written a lot of successful stuff and who I look up to. He said you can really only write about what you know, which I guess is why, you know, you see most authors writing stories that with a protagonist who in some way or other has a lot to do in common with their own life and their own struggles. Unless you're in the realm of like sci-fi or some shit like that, I, I, you know what? But there, there's exceptions to every rule. I guess the people that I'm gonna connect with the most are privileged white men ages 18 to 25. Isn't that great? Whoopee! There's a lot of guilt associated with being in my demographic. Wow, that's a beautiful sight. But I don't think the guilt is undeserved, and I also don't think that <laughs> I'd trade it for living a different way, which is not to sound like a douche, it's just to say, yeah, I don't know who's complaining about white guilt, why would you, when, you know, you realize the only reason you're putting that on yourself is because you must live a great life otherwise. Here I am, back home. All right, I got some stuff to do. I have a trip to prepare for. Thanks for joining me on the ride home from the tire dealership. It's been a pleasure, y'all. I'll see you on the road in two days.